The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. It can be a brutal world out there, an arena of predator versus prey, a vicious fight to remain at the top of the food chain. We face inhospitable environments made for our destruction, landscapes designed for our downfall, and a thousand unseen foes rooting for our ruin. Opposed by these forces of nature, we're forced to make a choice to retreat and hide or adapt and face the fight. So how can we leverage what's against us to be our greatest strength? Is it possible to not only survive, but thrive when the world stands in opposition to be a catalyst for change to the environments around us? So the question is, when the elements are against you, how will you respond? When the elements are against you, how will you respond? No, 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 better question. Now that it's outdoor season, when your kids ask you, can we go camping, how will you respond? And then when they talk you into it, and you're there, and there's a torrential downpour, how will you respond when you find out that your tent came with an indoor pool? (laughs) Yeah. True stories. Listen, I can't wait to show y'all this. Listen, I pulled this, okay, off of the National Forest Registration, right? These are actual comment complaints that people left on on their site and on their comment cards when they took on the elements. Y'all can't wait to camp. Just watch. A small deer came into my camp and stole my bag of pickles. (laughs) Is there any way I can get reimbursed? Please call. I think that's fair. I think a deer can spare a couple bucks. <laughs> Hold up, that's not even in here. Hold up, okay, okay, listen, listen to this one. Escalators, I shouldn't even finish this. Like, escalators would help on the steep hill sections. You should ban walking sticks. Hikers that use walking sticks are more likely to chase animals. You don't even need a walking stick. Did you ever see a YouTube video of that woman who tried to like lecture a bear? Get away from my kayak, bear! Stop that bear! You don't need a a walking stick, just a stern voice and some rules. Listen, this is my wife's. I think my wife called this in. There are too many bugs and leeches and spiders and spider webs. Please spray the wilderness to rid the area of these pests. This one will come true, mark my words, in America, this one will come true. A McDonald's would be nice at the end of the trail. You you just wait. You just wait. Spoiled Americans. There's too many rocks in the mountains. That's fair. I memorized this one. This is the best. Listen. It said, I found a smolding cigarette left by a horse. Okay, like it was by the horse, or some rude horse didn't put out his cigarette. I mean, I can see a camel doing that. (laughs) Oh, man. The elements. Earth, wind, water, fire, heart, and we think we're Captain Planet. Man, I hope I haven't discouraged anybody, though, from, like, Going to the, just a show of hands. Where are all my outdoors people? Raise your hand. Yeah. All right, put them down. Where's all my people who just want to stay in their bed right where their bed is? 
I only love my bed and my mama, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, listen, serious note, I mean, the elements can be hard against us. I mean, just look at how much rain we've had just in this area. We wanted to go to a park on Memorial Day and we couldn't because it was shut down because of flooding. The elements are serious business. We know what wind can do. Fire can take out entire forests. The elements can be hard on us. And not only hard against humans because we're spoiled by touchscreens and by Tempur-Pedic and espresso and we learned to hoverboard before we learned to walk anymore. The elements are actually hard on like the very living things that God placed in these environments. Yeah, so again, like I said, I, I hope I haven't discouraged you from taking that on. Listen, by all means, if you're planning a camper trip, go. Make memories, have a great time. Even if you lose your bag of pickles or find yourself in a pickle, like it's totally worth it. But just in case, we decided this weekend to take you guys out into the great outdoors. So you can give it a test run. So listen, so if you're watching online with us, what we have up here on the screens is this beautiful mountain landscape with trees and flowing water. And I was gonna put the sound in there, but knowing how much we drink coffee, we wouldn't make it through the sermon. So you just have to use your imagination for that. But listen, one of the creatures, the life forms, the amazing creatures that you will find in an environment like this, is the salmon. And I want to tell you something interesting about salmon. I want to take you into their life a little bit. So here we have salmon. This is salmon. <laughs> Pictures of salmon and asparagus. <laughs> okay, so it's a little too late for those guys. And I actually want the salmon to be the hero of the story, kind of. So let's, let's channel our inner Nemo and let's, let's back it up. Let's see if we can find one uh, where it's not too late. So let's try it again. So here's another picture of salmon. Lick your fingers. That's raw, so that's actually sushi. I guess we don't, it may come up, so we'll just keep moving. If it, if it pops up, there we go. There's a salmon. Okay, so you may have seen a picture like this with a salmon beautifully leaping up out of the water. Listen, let me tell you some, some facts about salmon. I just learned this word, so I hope I get it right. Salmon are anadromous. That means they can live in freshwater and saltwater. Salmon are actually born in freshwater, and then they swim out to saltwater. They live there, and then at a time in their life, they migrate back. They swim thousands of miles back, this is important, against the current, against the, against the element of water, the powerful element of water. They swim thousands of miles back. Even when they come to something like this, you would just figure, like, I don't even like treadmills. So just thinking about, like, swimming against the current. Like, even when they come to something like a waterfall, it doesn't stop them. They just go out. They go up over. They build up what they have, and they leap out over it. Now, this to me seems like a lot of work on its own. And if this wasn't tough enough, there's this guy lurking in the water. Now he knows when the salmon are going to do this, when they're going to make this trip, and he's just waiting there for them to jump out right into his lap. Easy meal. So why? I mean... Why, first of all, go against the flow? The stream is the, the wind to your back. The, the current makes life easy. 
Why go against it? And then on top of that, why go against it to the point where you have to put yourself out there and be an easy target for some fur and some growls and some drool and some teeth? Well, the answer is because salmon, salmon have a God-given why. They have a God-given why. And I'm going to tell you what it is, but not yet. Because that's too big of an idea right there. It's, it kind of reminds me of like how when a couple weeks ago Patrick was teaching, he was talking that Jesus was teaching everyone about like the flowers, how beautiful they are, and that God even feeds the birds, that they don't even have to work. And how much more important are we than birds? It's kind of like that. How, how much more important are we than fish? But yet they have a God-given why of why they would make a life-threatening journey against the current. That's a great place to pause and think about that. Do we, do we have a God-given why so big and so compelling that it would make us go against the current? Now let me explain the current. There's, there's more to life than just the, the physical elements that we're against. The physical ones are tough, but there's more than that. Matter of fact, I think these are tougher. There's, there's social elements, there's cultural elements, there's spiritual elements, there's mental, they're, they're, they're metaphysical, they're beyond the physical. And those elements can create a current, just like in a stream. They can create a current. And today in life, we actually have those currents. Today in life, there, there are plenty of currents and flows that we can either hop along board and just flow along with or, I don't know, maybe go against them. There's currents of selfishness. It's normal for us to be selfish, to look out for ourselves. There's currents of greed. There's flows and streams of hate. There's strong current of offense. Easily get offended. And with that one comes a really, really strong and natural current of retaliation. There's flows and currents of indulgence, of pleasure, of physical gratification. There's flow and there's current of indifference and apathy. One of the currents that we live in is the current of post-Christianity. I don't know if you've heard that term or not, but what that term means is that all of the biblical and Christian principles that America was built on, they're not only like deteriorating and gone, they're against the current. The biblical Christian values that our country was founded on are against the very current of our country. You know what that means? It means that if you're here and you're a Jesus believer, and you know that you are the church, you are not the home team. We're the visiting team, and it's playoff time. 
And the crowd is heavily involved when it's playoff time. You're not allowed to come up in our house and don't you dare think you're going to win. That's what the church is up against right now. And this current of post-Christianity has been around since pre-Christianity in BC times. So throughout this series against the elements, that's what we want to do. We want to take you back into BC times. We want to introduce you to someone named Daniel and his crew, his four friends, and the book of Daniel. That's where we're going to go. And, and my prayer and Lifehouse's desire is that you leave tonight inspired and maybe even convicted to go against the flow of the current with the truth of the past. And if you want, you can write that down. Go against the flow of the current with the truth of the past. So let me give you a little bit of background about, about the book of Daniel. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. So in Daniel, a little bit, it's a long chapter. I'm not going to read all of it, so we're, I'm going to pull verses out. So let me, let me preface it a little bit. Uh, back in these times, one of the strongest currents was the current of the Babylon Empire, the Babylonian Empire led by King Nebuchadnezzar. And they came through Judah where the Israelites were living, and they said, stop, drop, shut them down, open up shop, and they, they invaded them. They invaded them, they took over, and then they, they exiled their people back to their country. And they said, well, while we're here and we have all these, these people here, let's, let's put them to use. So they made like this little internship program, like working for Google. They made this little internship program where they said, listen, go get some of the young men that we brought from, from Israel and get me the best. Make sure they're not only valedictorian, make sure they could be an Amber Crombie model. When they flick their hair, it's just right. Like, give me the best people. I'm serious. This is what the Bible said. He said, bring me good looking men, young men, and bring me the smartest and the strongest. He wanted the best. All right. So he goes to recruit them. Here's where our scripture picks up. Verse six, I believe. Here we go. So Daniel, listen, and I know in the Bible names sometimes can kind of make us like mull over them. Don't do that. Today, don't do that. Stay on the names with me. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah were four of the young men chosen, all from the tribe of Judah. The chief of staff renamed them with these Babylonian names. Daniel was called Belteshazzar. Hananiah was called Shadrach. Mishael was called Meshach. You guys know these names. You know the Bible. You know these names. All right. And Azariah was called Abednego. Azariah was called Abednego. Along with this internship comes some perks. I mean, as it should. When you go to a conference, what's the perk? Lunch. All right. Chick-fil-A, Subway, Missions Barbecue, like that's a perk. So this perk actually came along with this internship. They were going to be schooled in the ways of Babylon, be taught all their ways and thinkings, and since the king wanted them to be at their best, he was going to give them their best. So he was going to give them food right from his own table. Now that sounds, that sounds enough to even make you feel like you're in a new home now. Because they weren't in their home, they were away. There's only one problem. See, at this time, God had expectations for his people. He had some rules. And one of the rules that he had was that you couldn't eat certain things. Well, what do you think was on the menu? Everything that they couldn't have. So here's the dilemma. 
all right? The only one that we know was like, do I eat the donut or do I not? Do I eat the donut or do This was different. This was different. This was, this was, this was Daniel being confronted with whether or not he was going to remain true to God. It was, it was serious. And it wasn't easy. But let me show you what he does. But Daniel was determined. We'll stay on that word for a minute. Determined. When you're determined, you are immovable. When you're determined, nothing is going to convince you otherwise. When you're determined, you know who you are, you know whose you are, you know what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. He was determined. You will see it through to the end. Anybody ever been determined? He was determined. He was determined not to defile. There's a Bible word. In other words, this word, this word means he was determined not to make himself unclean in God's eyes. He was determined not to make himself unclean. In other words, defile for us today would be sin. He was determined not to sin. Even if this seemed ridiculous, it's just food. But to him it wasn't. He was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission. That's very important. He asked the chief. Look at his behavior. I think sometimes what we are afraid of when it comes to maybe standing up for something or going against the current is none of us want to look like that guy who holds a sign and says the end is coming. None of us want to look crazy. None of us want to be the crybaby or the one who stirs up problems. None of us want that label on us. I'd rather just stay under the radar. But look what he did. He didn't stand up on a table and start a food fight. He asked permission. He went to the staff and he asked permission not to eat these unacceptable foods. See, what Daniel understood is that like, did you ever take somebody to Golden Corral? That's probably something you've done, right? And you take somebody out to eat, you know what you expect, they go eat. You pay $13, you better eat. All right, okay, right. So per person, all right? So this whole scenario, he knew how this was gonna look and how it was gonna feel. He knew this was gonna feel like he was, he's just been treated to Golden Corral, but when the boss came back, he's sitting there with his own personal bag of tofu. Like, what are you doing? I'm, I'm just gonna have this, $13 per person, you're gonna have what? No, like it was ridiculous. He knew how ridiculous this was, but this is what Daniel knew. Daniel knew this. Daniel knew that against the flow means for God's eyes only. Against the flow means for God's eyes only. Tupac said, all eyes on me. Daniel said, God's eyes on me. Daniel was not worried about who was looking at him. He wasn't worried about what anybody thought. He, and, and in the verse it says, he said he was determined not to defile himself. Not like in a selfish way, but he wasn't even worried about his BFFs. He wasn't worried about his point guard and his small forward. He, wasn't, he was only worried about himself. He was even saying, if they even don't come along with me, I can't do this. Because God's eyes were on him. God's eyes on you is the only eyes that matter. 
his opinion is the only one that matters. His like on your Facebook post is the only one that matters. His approval of you inside and out, I'm going to say that again, his approval of you inside and out is the only one that matters. Daniel knew that. So something that looked difficult to do, it made it not so difficult to stand up for because he knew God's eyes was on him. And this is what he knew. Daniel knew this. He knew that there was no greater pleasure than to please God and that the opposite was true, that there was no greater failure than to let him down. There's no greater pleasure than to please God and no greater failure than to let him down. Against the flow. Against the flow means God's eyes. For God's eyes only. My life is for God's eyes only. An audience of one. Let me continue. Let me show you what else happens. So he gets shut down. He says, can we not eat this food? And the chief says, I'm sorry. If you lose weight, I lose my head. You have to eat this food. But he was what? If you know it, yell it out. Let's come alive tonight. Daniel was what? He was determined. A shut door is not a shut door unless God shuts that door. You remember that. A shut door is not a shut door unless God shuts that door. If not, you just knock or you go find another one. Daniel found another one, especially if you know you're driven to please God. Daniel spoke with the attendant who had been appointed by the chief of staff to look after Daniel and his crew. He said, please test us for 10 days and on a diet of vegetables and water. Shout out to all my vegans, vegetarians. Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> Shout out to Bacon Fest. <laughs> Listen, if you don't eat bacon, more power, more cauliflower to you. We love you. But the rest of us on this day are going to be like, so you better BYOV. All right, bring your own veggies. All right? Test, test. You didn't know what the V was? You didn't, till I said it? Okay, all right. All right. Bring your own Voss water. No, bring your own vegetables. Okay. Tesla's on a diet of vegetables and water for 10 days, Daniel said. At the end of 10 days, see how we look compared to the other young men who are eating the king's food. Daniel knew this. Again, against. Daniel knew this. You go against the flow by going God's direction, by living for God's direction. You go against the flow by living in God's direction. Go against the flow by living in God's direction. God has a, a direction for life. This, this diet was a part of Daniel's life, but it wasn't about the food. And it's, it's still not about the food. So thanks for playing along with the, the veggie joke. I appreciate that. It's not about the food at all. It was about God. Daniel loved God. God was his everything, so he was willing to give everything to God, even in a tough situation, even if it meant going against the current, going against the flow. Would we do that? Can we say that? Can we say that we're the kind of person who's committed to a life of prayer in God's direction, even if the flow of life right now is moving rapidly towards agnosticism? Can we say that we live a life of worship in God's direction? even though the flow of life is rapidly heading towards self-centeredness. 
Could we live a life of, I'm not going to lie on an application, even though the rest of the current of life is rapidly moving towards, by any means necessary, get rich or die trying. Could we do the same? Will we do the same? Will we go against the flow by living in God's direction? Listen, let me give you a newsflash. I'm not here tonight to tell anybody to stop doing something, change what you're doing, go a different direction. I'm not here to say that. I'm here to say this. God has a direction for life, and this is going to blow your mind. God has a direction for life, and it's better than ours. It's better than ours. Let me show you what happened. Listen, we continue. It's better than ours. At the end of the 10 days, Daniel and his three friends, get ready to pose, get ready to pose. Daniel and his three friends looked healthier and better nourished. Their hair was shining. Their skin was just right. Looked healthier and better nourished than the young men who had been eating the food assigned by the king. God's way is better. His way is better. We think we know. We think that the flow knows what it's talking about. Maybe because it's majority rule or the cultural norm or the, or the popular majority vote. No, no, God, if it's not God's direction, God's way is better, hands down. And then this, look, look what happened. Besides that, look what happened. The attendant, so after that, the attendant fed them only vegetables instead of the food and wine provided for them by the others. Do you see what God did? When they were willing to stand up and go against the current, God made an impossible situation possible. Hey, they changed the menu. They changed the menu simply by standing up for God. They, they, and they asked. They did it humbly, and they asked for permission, and they let God do the rest. Do you know who, do you know who Branch Rickey is? Branch Rickey... In, 19, in the 1940s, was the general manager for the Brooklyn Dodgers. And he grew up in a household that was instilled in those Christian values that we talked about that deteriorated. He grew up in that. He grew up in a household that had a faith in God. Branch Rickey was known on Sunday games not to play or to manage for the same reason why we all crave Chick-fil-A on Sunday, because they shut down so that their, their people can worship. He had the same conviction. And it was that type of conviction that led him to make probably the most memorable decision of his entire career. He hired a player. He signed a player that at that time did not belong because the current at that time was one of divide and inequality. And he and that player both knew that if they go against this current, there will be a bear waiting there for them. A bear of booze, of slander, of death threats, kicked out of hotels. They knew it. Why? Why do it then? Because it was a God-given why. Because it was right. It didn't matter if the rest of the world didn't think it was right. They knew it was right. So you might not know who Branch Rickey is, but you know the name Jackie Robinson. You know the name that broke the color barrier in 1947, and now sports is a beautiful palette of diversity and talent. That's an impossible change. That's an impossible change that when, we, when we're willing to stand up and go against the flow, God will show up and show his true identity 
the identity of the, of the game changer, the identity of the impossible current turner, the table turner. That's God. That's his identity. And when we are willing to stand up against the flow and go against the current, he'll show up and show that identity to the world in a miracle that you can never even foresee. Listen, when a bear catches a salmon, I learned this in a weird, one of those videos. I feel like I should be saying it with an Australian accent. When, when a bear catches a salmon, you know what it eats? Just the head. Just the brains. That's it. When we hop in the flow of things, we surrender our identity. When we, when we go against it, God shows his. When we go along with it, we surrender our own because we don't need it. Everybody else is telling us what to think and who to be and who to vote and where to go. We don't need an identity. And, and when a bear, when the bears of our lives, because we are willing to jump out there and go against the flow, all they're trying to do is get in our head. Because if they can get in here, they can make us doubt who we are and whose we are and question the why. That's exactly why Paul said this. In Romans, he said, don't you copy the behavior and the customs of this world. Don't you hop in with your feet and just go along with the flow. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. They want inside our head. You give your head to God. You give him your mind. Remember those names that I told you not to forget? I'm gonna come to them in just a second, but before we do, take a point down from this. You go against the flow of conformity by standing in God's identity. God's identity. Those names at the beginning, I think we have them. These names right here, when, when the young men were brought into Babylon and they were, do we have any, do we have any high school graduates in here? Is there, is there one? Make some noise, I got one up here. Make some noise, y'all. Make some noise for our graduates. Listen, our, our graduates, our graduates are gonna go away to college. Maybe you're watching and you're one. You're right away gonna see that you're not at home anymore, just like these young men were. You're not at home anymore. And the things that were the normal flow of your household current, they're gonna be completely different. Everything is gonna be different and you're gonna see the flow and you're gonna be tempted to just hop right in there and go along with it. When these young men got to Babylon, they renamed them. Belteshazzar, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. All of these names, all of these names mean something about a Babylonian pagan god. They got in their head. They wanted to rename them. They all mean something, some kind of worship towards the god they didn't believe in. But you know what's neat? In the scripture, it mentions their names just that one time. But every time after that, when it mentions them, it still calls them these names, their original names, their God-given identity names. And you know what they mean? Let me show you. Daniel, God is my judge. His eyes are on me. God is my judge. Next one. Hananiah, I'm loved by the Lord. 
That's my identity. I'm somebody who's loved by the Lord. Next one, Mishael. I'm one who is like God. I'm sorry, I can't go along with this flow because my direction is like God's. Azariah, the Lord is my help. Daniel didn't care if he was alone because he wasn't alone. He knew that God was his judge, that God loved him, that he wanted to be like him, and that the Lord would be his help no matter what came his way. No matter what. No matter what. No matter how strong the current was, no matter how many bears were lurking there to get in our head or even destroy us physically, he knew it. He knew it. Do you know who you are? Do you know who your identity is in? Listen, there is a current that runs inside of all of us that takes us the opposite direction of God. It's called our sin. And all the currents of people's sin put together make these giant currents that lead everyone away from God. Do you know what kind of a fish can't go against the current? This one. G.K. Chesterton, he was a theologian and a a writer and a poet. He said this, he said, a dead thing can go with the stream. Only a living thing can go against the current. Are you alive? I'm asking first, are you alive in Jesus? That sin current that runs through our lives that takes us away from God and over the waterfall of eternity? Jesus dove headfirst into that. He swam against that current, took on the bear of crucifixion and hell in the grave for you and I to have a new life. He rose again so that we would put our faith in him. We now have a God-given why to live, to go against the current, to live in the identity that he's given us. And in just a moment, I'm going to ask you tonight, do you want that? we're alive in Christ if we're alive in Christ why are we taking a stroll with the walking dead if you're alive where's the current right now that you can feel pushing against you that you're terrified to stand up against it might be in your own home you might be the only voice in your home that wants to worship God Let me give you one little piece of advice. Do it like Daniel. Don't you protest. Don't you start a food fight. Ask permission. Be humble. Be gentle. Trust that God is your judge, that you were like him, you're loved by him, and he's your help. And you take a stand in your home. Let me pray over you. Father God, if there's any current or flow of fear moving through this room of anyone who, who knows that there's a stand coming in their way, God, right now I'm asking you to be their judge, that you see them with eyes of righteousness, that you see them with eyes of the impossible. God, that you see them knowing that you were their help, that you can make them like you, God, we know we're in a nation that the current is rapidly moving away from you and away from you and away from you. God, I'm asking tonight that someone would have the courage to go against that current. And if one does it, another will do it, and another will do it, and another in your name. Jesus, we're asking for power tonight. We're asking for courage. 
God, we're also asking for new life. Right now, at the sound of my voice, if there be anybody right now in this room or watching online, that you would like to know for sure that, yes, you have an identity in Jesus tonight. All you need to do is believe that Jesus is God's son, that his death on the cross was for you, that his resurrection was for you, and you just say yes to it tonight. You can say it right now. Yes, I believe. Yes, I want that. God, if somebody makes that decision tonight, will you move the courage through them to come and tell somebody to ignite a new, a new swimming path in their life of going against the current and living towards God's direction? Lord, we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.